0: Hey, what's up, universe? It is two sixteen PM on Monday, February twenty second, twenty twenty one, and welcome to episode twenty of It's a Choice. First thing, want to apologize for last week's episode. Definitely one of my more weakest, um, more weak episodes. Uh, that's a judgment and an interpretation and a story, but it certainly didn't feel like one of my <laughs> one of my better podcast episodes. This week, however, I feel is going to be a much stronger uh, episode. I actually conjured up this idea of what I want to talk about um, last week, shortly after I made uh, last week's pod, um, podcast episode. This week, I'm going to be talking about interpretations and the interpretations that we choose. And this has been inspired by a couple of different things. And as I've been thinking about interpretations, I've thought about this off and on for like the past couple of months. And... I want to start off by just giving this some context of what I'm going to get into. Culturally speaking, I don't know like any other language other than English, right? And that's kind of bothered me off and on, um, you know, throughout my life. And I could have chosen to learn another language. I took Japanese in high school as a freshman, but let's be serious. I just wasn't in the mental place to do it and really learn it um, uh, very well. And uh, I remember like hardly any of it. Um, So... What I'm getting to is, is that since my background is in IT, uh, what I've come to realize is that while culturally speaking, I don't know other languages other than English, I know quite a few programming languages on a computer. And I'm going to contextualize this episode in the context of, of that, right? So in programming languages, there is what is called like flow control, Right. And part of the way that you do this is by creating if-then statements, right? If something happens, if an event or condition occurs, then something else. And you tell the computer what to do in those situations, right? And you just create a bunch of these conditions uh, to handle these different scenarios that come up. Okay, so what I started to realize is that that's what interpretations are. Interpretations are a set of if-then conditions in our brain. And I started to realize, well, that's why the CPU, the central processing unit in a computer, is called the brain of the computer. Because it's just running programs, right? And our brains are doing the same thing. They're just running programs. And we have been given, or we have taken on, these interpretations that we didn't even necessarily choose. We didn't choose a lot of our own interpretations. We didn't consciously sit down and be like, hey, when this thing happens i 'm going to react in this certain way, if this, then that we didn't sit down and like write that out we didn't sit down and be like, "I chose to respond that way." Um, we just learned this, we were conditioned a certain way, and it all happened very behind the scenes on a on an unconscious or subconscious level and One of the things I want to bring into this is that my youngest son um, has turned me on to a YouTuber. And I just want to give a shout out to this guy. Um, He has a channel called made to express So made, the number two, and then the word express. And he's all about like using contemporary like media, like so things like SpongeBob or Teen Titans, like things that are kid-friendly to denote some very relevant topics to the things that, um, that I'm in alignment with. Right. So they're, they're just really good videos, pretty short, maybe five to 10 minutes in length. And he talks about things like discrimination or, um, you know, like, let me just kind of pull up, uh, like another one here about creativity and judgment and things like that. Um, And so there's one that's where it says this SpongeBob episode will awaken your creativity. And there's a set of if-then conditions in there as well, Uh, although Made to Express doesn't explicitly call these out. Uh, But basically what in this episode, what he is talking about is about how when we're young, we find something that we fall in love with, like some form of creative expression, either writing or dancing or or play or acting or Um, musical expression and then we run into criticism from uh, society which can include our parents our teachers our coaches and things like that and how that criticism can you know basically shut us down and like shy us away from that expression and to me when I was watching this episode I'm like that's a great example of an if-then statement right so like if if as a child right we interpret something like if we run into something so say you're a child or a person, whatever. doesn't really matter the age. The, the if-then statement would look like this. If I'm choosing to express myself and I run into criticism, then whatever, right? Then I shut down. Then I stop. Then I question myself. Then I criticize myself. Then I think I'm not good enough, right? So there is this whole set of of if-then conditions, right? And it just keeps going down the list, right? So like one if-then statement would just cascade into a whole series of other if-then statements. And I'm gonna bring something else in to like really exemplify this, but I just wanted to give a shout out to my youngest son and also to Made to Express for giving that out. The other episode um, that my son turned me on to from Made to Express is uh, an episode called Discrimination in Teen Titans, And this is an if-then statement too, right? So there's a, in Teen Titans, there's a character named Starfire. And um, in this particular episode that Made to Express is talking about Starfire runs into discrimination by one of the characters based upon where she's from. And she starts to question her own self-worth, right? So that if-then statement would be like, if I run into judgment, of like my background or who I am or where I come from, then I question my own self-worth or something along that, along that line, right? So it's just this if then statement. And she didn't choose that. She didn't, she didn't like sit down and be like, hey, I'm gonna choose that if I run into judgment, I'm going to question my self worth. That's not that's nobody does that. Nobody wants to like consciously choose some type of self deprecating, like interpretation of themselves, right? It's just it was something that she she took on somehow, right? She grew up with or, or some type of program that was installed without her knowing. So I just wanna give a shout out to those two. The the third thing that I really wanna um like that kind of exemplifies this really well with multiple if then conditions is something is a short video that's on Disney Plus and this was brought to my attention Um, by one of my great friends, by a love of mine, and um, I just want to give a shout out to that. And the the short is called Inner Workings, right? So if you haven't seen it, there's... Spoiler alert, I'm just going to give it out right now. It's like a six-minute long video. Highly recommend watching it if you have Disney+. Plus. I'm going to totally kind of dissect it. So uh, if you want to watch it first before I do that, go ahead and do that, but I'm going to just kind of like get into it. So here's the... Here's the premise of this short video. There's a guy named Paul, and this video shows the tug of war between Paul's brain and his heart, and what Paul wants to do, what the heart wants to do, versus what the brain thinks Paul should do. And I'm just going to go through the different scenarios. There's five real big scenarios in this video, and I'm going to go through each one. Okay? And so here we go. First scenario, the heart wants to dance like in the shower, right? Paul wakes up, gets in the shower, the heart wants to dance. The brain jumps in and thinks, if Paul dances in the shower, then he may slip on the soap. If Paul slips on the soap, then he could slip and knock the radio into the shower. If the radio is knocked into the shower, then Paul could get electrocuted and die. So you see those cascading if-thens? Interpretation? Dancing in the shower is deadly. That's one scenario. Second scenario comes up. Paul's walking to work, right? And he sees a couple people eating pancakes and his stomach is hungry and it's like, oh, I want to eat these pancakes. The brain thinks, if Paul eats pancakes, then Paul will become obese and die. Interpretation, eating pancakes is deadly. So third scenario, Paul sees a guy going surfing and his heart wants to have fun and go surfing too, right? The brain thinks, If Paul goes surfing, then Paul will get eaten by a shark. Interpretation, surfing is deadly. Fourth scenario, Paul sees an attractive woman, uh, you know, selling sunglasses, and the heart's like, oh, this attractive woman, like, I want to go over there. I want to try on these sunglasses. Um, And the brain jumps in and says, if Paul tries on the sunglasses, then the attractive woman will laugh at him. If Paul is laughed at, then Paul will bump into a dude juggling chainsaws. That's kind of odd, but whatever. It's another if then. If Paul bumps into the dude juggling chainsaws, then Paul will die. Interpretation, following your heart is deadly. This is only two minutes and 10 seconds into a six minute long video. Okay. You've got these four scenarios where the brain is like, no, no, no to the heart where it's like, that's deadly. That's deadly. But you can see all of these if then, if then happenings. And even in the video, it's, While it's not expressly represented as an if-then statement, it's visually shown as showing each scenario like this plus this equals this. So that's an if-then. If Paul tries on the sunglasses and it shows Paul trying on the sunglasses plus the attractive woman laughing at Paul then equals Paul bumping into the guy with the chainsaws and then equals Paul dying. So, like, it's visually shown out as, like, a mathematical equation, which is another way of doing flow control with if-then statements. This might be a nerdy episode, but you get what I'm talking about. Anyhow, as Paul approaches the door to his job, his heart is telling him not to go inside because his heart is not in the job. And this is where it really shows this tug of war, where, part, uh, where Paul's heart and brain go back and forth, and Paul is having this really hard time, like, going through the doors into his job. And finally, it gets to the fifth scenario, where Paul is fighting with himself to get into the door, into his work, and a group of old timers, senior management, see Paul and they're like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? And then Paul's brain jumps in and says, if senior management sees this behavior, then Paul will get fired. If Paul gets fired, then Paul will become homeless. If Paul becomes homeless, then he will freeze to death on the streets. Interpretation? Following your heart is deadly. So finally, the brain takes control, ties up the strings, so that Paul's heart can no longer fight the brain, and Paul goes into work and goes to his desk and does his normal boring-ass day-to-day routine and just drones on, right? And his heart fucking hates this. Finally, the brain stops and takes a look at one of Paul's co-workers, and it's an old man, Right? And the heart, the, the brain starts to realize how painful it is for the heart to be ignored. And the brain is looking around at everyone else, too, and seeing how everyone else is droning on and going on autopilot, right? And when he looks at the old man next to him, you could tell that the brain is like, shit, that's going to be me in a few short years. And then it becomes lunchtime. And the brain starts to think back to all of the fun that the heart was trying to have and all of the joy that the heart was trying to enjoy. And the brain starts to realize that life is slipping by, that these opportunities are being passed up. And the brain starts to realize that all roads lead to Rome. It starts to think about how Paul's going to become an old man and eventually die anyway, regardless of how safe or unsafe the brain was trying to make it for Paul. Either way, he's going to fucking die. And so finally, finally, the brain gives the heartstrings back to the heart. And the brain gives permission, gives permission to the heart to follow its impulses. So what does Paul do? It's fucking lunchtime. Paul fucking leaves work. He goes out. He has eggs, bacon, and pancakes. Loves it. Then he goes and tries on the sunglasses with the attractive woman. And she doesn't laugh at him. Paul runs out into the ocean with his work clothes on and has a blast, and he even urinates in the ocean because, hey, why not, you know? Paul then goes back to work, right? He goes back to work. It's not like he's ditching his responsibilities. He's just allowing himself to, like, have fun, to live his inspired, authentic life. Paul goes back to work, and he's a changed man, and his energy is infectious, to everyone around him. Everyone around him stops droning and starts looking and starts like dancing and like getting into this whole change. The whole mood, the whole energy of the space around him changes because Paul changed. Even the senior management gets into the groove. So it's just all about our interpretations and these if-then statements that we have in our brains that we didn't fucking choose, but that we can choose, that we can absolutely sit down and be like, how the fuck am I going to interpret this situation? And why the hell would I choose to interpret it in a self-limiting, self-deprecating, self-limiting, like, self-denying, like, small world, like, soul-crushing, heart-killing way? Who would do that? Who would choose that? Why? Why? Why would you do that? And so that's what that whole whole thing is about. And I just love it. I just love it. And it's so well illustrated. And lastly, what I want to end this with is a quote by Marianne Williamson. And this quote is largely attributed to Nelson Mandela, but it's by Marianne Williamson. And it goes into this whole thing. It says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And that's exactly what Paul did in this video. As he came back to work, a changed man, a man who gave himself permission to follow his heart, to be his true authentic self, to be inspired and to live that inspired life, everyone around him changed. Everyone. His whole life and environment changed. So that's this episode. So go live an inspired life so you can inspire others to live an authentic and inspired life. Because in the end... Living an inspired life is a choice. All right, I love you guys. I'll see you next time.